he's at. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. Let's just go to him in prayer. If you have a need, you want to make known to him. Just know he's mindful of your need this evening. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father, Lord Jesus, Lord, what a comfort it is to know, Lord, that the battle is yours. Lord, we've seen many times when that word was spoke, Lord, how that you came on the scene and you moved in a mighty way. Lord, and you moved in the red, opening of the Red Sea because it was your battle. You had, brought, you had brought them to this place so you could win the victory. Lord, we know of David as he faced Goliath. He would say the battle is the Lord's. Father, tonight, Lord, there may be someone facing an enemy that they don't know maybe what to do exactly with. Lord, may they take courage knowing that the battle is the Lord's. Lord, we commit this service in your hands. We commit everything that you would do, Lord, to your, your mercy and grace to just shine upon our hearts and our lives. We love you and appreciate you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. It's good to be back with you tonight. Let's look, turning, be turning the Bibles to Ephesians 6. Amen. I know we've been in this scripture for a little while, but I believe it's a very wonderful scripture for the time we live in. Because he said that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And I believe that's where we're at today. Amen. Amen. And so reading this here. Ephesians 6 and verse 10, it says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to, may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of, the fa of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God." Amen. We'll let you be seated this evening. I'd like to just speak this evening on the helmet of salvation. And Paul referring to our day, an evil day, and it truly is an evil day that we live in. It truly is an insane world that we live in. It don't take very many uh, flips. Well, we don't use newspaper much anymore, but web pages or some Fox News or Drudge Report or whatever, uh, to realize just how insane our world is. And, you know, it's not getting any better, it's getting worse. And, and no matter what people try to do or how they try to relieve it or government help programs or whatever, the world is tumbling further and further into darkness. And it's an insane world. It's a world that a man can take a life without even a second thought, seems like. You know, in the day we live in, we have school shootings, we have church shootings, we have um, bombings, we have all kinds of things. But, you know, it, it's been an evil world ever since the fall. 
And so, you know, today maybe we have even more of a microscope on what the day, the day we live in because we have information more readily available. And, you know, we hear about all the little stories that years ago you never would have heard about. But, you know, actually they said, you know, things that we deal with today, people have been dealing for a long time. And because it's just an insane world. It's a world that is groping in darkness, and it is getting darker, and it is getting worse, and it is getting uh, more and more evil. My, their minds are on evil continually. And, and, you know, Brother Branham would pick some of these things up, and he would talk about this age that we live in. He said it's a neurotic age where people don't know what to do, where they're going. Doctors don't have an answer for it because even psychiatrists are being doctored by psychiatrists. They do not have an answer. And the world is insane. No man could shoot another man without being crazy. The whole world is insane. Certainly the farmer, he's crazy to the businessman. The businessman is crazy to the farmer. Who's crazy? The whole group is. It's an insane world we live in. You know, I was just hearing brother, a brother talk about taking an animal and, and was on a, a hunt that was authorized by the government and, and, and had been given a tag, been, been given a special tag to go in and, and he took the life of this animal and, and there was a man there that got very angry and very wroth and, you know, and began to condemn him for what he had done. And, and, and you know, they, they begin to, uh, the world that we live in now worships the creature more than the creator. And you get to a point that where you see all these things are coming worse and worse and worse. He said, there's only one same thing, and that's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's his gospel. That's the only same thing. It has the answer to everything. Our books of psychology and all these things are nonsense. If it's contrary to the word, throw it away. God's word is right and everything else is wrong. But we see, he says, no wonder the world has become drenched in blood. No wonder the things are the way they are now. This great trouble is everywhere. Everybody knows it. Everybody has become a neurotic. The whole world is a neurotical world. And we, are, and we know there's something wrong somewhere. And, you know, it's a day that you can't hardly blow a horn at somebody without getting a gun shot back at you. You can't, you can't hardly say a word without getting an angry retort. You can't, you can't hardly, you know, I was, I was in Washington, D.C., and, and we were standing in line there and, and, uh, and to go into the Capitol building this weekend. There was Brother Mike Walls, and I also bring you back uh, his greetings this, this evening. But yeah, we were standing there in line, me and my wife and his wife, and he had went to park the car, and we was waiting on him. And, and, and talking and there was this little couple seemed like from maybe in uh, just they had a look of them maybe a Korean or something like that and they'd been standing there actually I'd come behind them and got in line and and then more began to pile up behind us and and as we were standing there a group of people came through us right in front of us just walked right through you know to go somewhere else and and this man behind us I, I was looking back talking to my wife and and sister wall there and I seen this man begin to get very angry and very agitated and Next thing I know, he steps up in front of me and begins to yell and scream and talk very ugly to this couple that was standing in front of him. Told him they broke line and they, you know, they had done wrong and they, the line starts back here. Get your hide back here and said all kinds of things to him. And I said, hey, wait a minute. These people were here when I got here and I know I was here before you were. 
So just go back in line and just calm down a little bit, you know. And, and so, you know, but it's an insane world we live in. People don't have no patience for nothing. They don't, they don't have no patience. They don't have no, nothing to hold them. They're very, very loose with what they got to say. And they'll say it. They'll, they'll spread it out. They'll do whatever they got to. And if that ain't good enough, they'll go get a gun. They'll, they'll do whatever. It's an insane world we live in. And Brother Branham says also, he says, he said, see, it's such a world that even today, the women will walk out on the streets and, and people and things they would have never walked out in before. If they would have, they would have locked them up for being insane. See, said she forgot to put her skirt on and she's out here in her underclothes. See, that's insanity. And the whole world proves it's insane. Look at all the murders and things that's going on now. It's insanity. The whole thing is coming to fulfill revelation where those hideous things them that are not natural, those spiritual things that will make people scream for the rocks and the mountains and everything else to fall on them. The complete, total insanity of this world will go into, it's almost there right now. You see the footsteps of it. It's marching right down the road, right down, total insanity, doing the things that human beings wouldn't think of doing and being civilized at the same time. And so we see the position. Everyone, he said, everyone will admit she's in a Sodom condition. I, I passed over California here the other day and got a hold of a magazine in the paper and said homosexuals have increased 60% in the last year. He said, oh my, it's pitiful. It's just because women have thrown themselves away and men have lost their minds. He said, it's just a shame, but the Bible says it'd be that way, even to men. It's just their, their change. It's going to get worse, and another, if another, the world would stand another 50 years, and this was 1965, so another 50 years. Look at the sanity from 40, from 20 years ago to this time that we lost. He said, listen, Jesus promised in these last days, he promised Malachi 4, he promised all of these things, but he said it would be as it was in the days of Sodom. And you know what happened in Sodom. He said, look at California, not only California, the United States, not only the United States, but the whole world. You know, I go to other countries and they talk about how bad the U.S. and I'm thinking, man, you're living in a dream world. This whole world's insane. There's not a crack or a crevice or a, or a place you can get away from it. It's total insanity. And so he says, see what is happening. He said, look at the teenage insanity. He said, I told you the other day that we're taking analysis of the schools in Arizona where I live. 80% of the children have mental problems. What's with their children? What will their children be? Well, we're dealing with it now. We can't have another generation. We're at the end. Jesus said these things will come. Look at all the televisions, the things getting these fictitious things in order. It'll come a time. He said, I predict that the people will completely, totally, be completely, totally insane. That's what the world will be. And the Bible speaks of such hideous sights as they show in the movies today of some prehistoric creature's eggs that lived on earth thousands and millions of years, hatched and came forth. That's just a minor thing is what's going to happen. He said, when hell is open, the devil comes out with all these mysterious things, locusts with hair like women, teeth like lions. The world will be completely, totally insane. It's just about one degree from being there now. 
He said, let me prophesy something to you just before it comes to pass. The whole world is groping in insanity. It'll get worse and worse and worse until there'll be nothing but a bunch of maniacs. It's almost that way now. He said, could you imagine a man running down the road with his lights off on the wrong side of the road? Some young kid supposed to be right out of high school, kill a bunch of people. Does that stop them? Next one comes along, does the same thing. Now we're dealing with gun shootings one after another. Copycats. He said, but, and he got, he said, but see, it, it is what is happening to their minds. And he goes here in leadership, and this is a wonderful prayer. He says, oh God, let me go, Lord. Don't leave me behind Jesus. Amen. I mean, we'd have that prayer tonight. Don't leave me behind Jesus. Let me go with you, Father. I don't want to stay here on this earth to watch these tribulations coming on. I don't want to stay in this insanity. I don't want to stand here with these hideous sights, people losing their minds. We look at man today trying to act like beasts and look like beasts and women trying to look like animals and paint on their face, knowing that these things are predicted to happen. That thing, that thing will, they'll go so insane till locusts will rise up like women and haunt the women with hair and teeth like lions. The things that you said, the mental condition of the people will be completely gone. We see it in the making right now, Lord. Restore us to the same mind of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And so we're looking at something that protects your mind, helmet of salvation. Amen. And so to be sane in an insane world, that's quite a paradox. When the world is all insane and they're going completely nuts, that there's a people that can say, I have not my mind, but the mind of Christ Jesus. And so the helmet of salvation, the salvation is, to pre- is a perse- uh, preservation or deliverance from harm. It's a deliverance from ruin or loss. It's a deliverance from sin and all its consequences. That is what is guarding your mind. It is deliverance. It is not your deliverance. It is not something I can do or what you can muster up. It's what he's already done. That he could give you an armor in this hour to stand in the most insane conditions and keep your mental capabilities. It is a protection. The helmet made out of brass. It's a brass headpiece. A salvation. It is a knowledge of knowing. It is a revelation. It is a knowledge of knowing this. My healing comes from God. My salvation comes from God. Amen. My experience matches his word. I I am his. I'm covered over with the protection, a helmet of salvation. Amen. Take that and go marching forward now. Amen. It's a knowledge that in the middle of insanity, you can have a sane mind. It is a knowledge in the middle of your battle when you're dealing with depression that there's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. It is a knowledge that when you're dealing with sickness that there's healing for your body. Amen. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 8 says, we're going to read quite a bit of scripture, so bear with me. First Thessalonians 5, 8, and I can't even touch them all tonight. So you just go look through the knowledge and the, and the salvation, and there's just so many things that can be tied into this. But First Thessalonians 5, 8 said, let us who are of the, who are of the day be sober. 
So not let our minds be all intoxicated with the night and the things of darkness and what they're doing. Amen. I thought it was quite incredible that Brother Branham in the 60s would talk about them making movies of a dinosaur with an egg. Is that not what we got coming out now, Jurassic Park? And people are getting so caught up in that thing and, and all that stuff. It's incredible. And, and then, then all the Avengers and the Supermans and the Spider-Mans and the Hulks and all this stuff. What is it? It, it is their, their imaginations. It's the imaginations of darkness. Actually, if you look at some of those things, they're trying to come up with something to overcome evil. That's what they're doing. Instead of the Holy Ghost, they try to take some, some man that loses his temper and becomes a hulk. Hello, somebody. Temper was not given for your salvation. Come on. Amen. All those things out there, you know, and some mixing with the animal, super Spider-Man, all, that is not our salvation. That's not what we're looking to. We're looking to a precious blood. We're looking to a lamb that was slain. Amen. And he said, let our minds, let us be sober. Who are of the day? Putting on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath. Hallelujah. Amen. So we can keep our minds. Amen. We ain't got to be worried about the wrath that is coming because that's not our appointment. That's not where I'm getting off at. I'm going to glory. Amen. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge. Pick up on this word knowledge for a moment because we're talking about the covering of the mind. The knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side but not distressed. Hello, somebody. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. But we're always buried about in the body that died in the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So yes, we're persecuted. But what keeps us sane is we know we're not forsaken. Amen. We may be cast down, but we know that's not the end of it. We will not be destroyed. We're troubled. Yet we ain't gave up. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against what? The knowledge of God. So what's to be in your mind? The knowledge of God. If there be anything good, if there be anything pure, think on these things. Amen. Casting down imagination. The devil will make you imagine all kinds of things. He'll make you imagine you're lost. He'll make you imagine you're going to lose your mind. He'll make you imagine all kinds of things. But you are to take those things and cast them down. 
and apply God's salvation to your head. It says, that's not who I am. It might have been who I was, but it's not who I am. Exalted himself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity. This word is actually taking that thought and binding it up and making it powerless. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. For Colossians 1.9 says, For this cause also, since the day we heard it, did not cease to pray for you, to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So it's taking, it's taking human thoughts and replacing them with God's thoughts. And this is what you do when you take your thoughts and you can't help it from coming through your mind. But a good thing to do is stop for a moment and think about your thoughts. And say, why am I thinking this? This is not who I am. Let me stop this right here. If we're not careful, we'll let thoughts go on and go on and go on until we build a whole book of something. But that's not what we're to do. We're to stop for a moment and fill it with the knowledge of God. And if the devil comes and makes you think a thought that you're not worthy, you think you take the word of God and say, it's not me, devil. I have a righteous lamb. And that lamb died for me. Therefore, I am accounted worthy if I lay my hands upon him and become one with my sacrifice. That you might with this so, so be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord and to all pleasing. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. Oh my. He said, Let me fill you with some knowledge. This is who you are, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. And has translated us in the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created. They're in heaven, they're in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that all things he might have preeminence for it pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell and having made peace through the blood of his cross and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him I say whether they be things on earth or things in heaven that ye who were sometimes alienated and enemies where? in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable. Where? In his sight. So he takes on life that was alienated and was an enemy in your mind because of the things you've done. And he reconciles you and makes you holy and unblameable and unreprovable. In his sight. 
So it really don't matter what you think about yourself. It's what he thinks about you. But as we we're saying, this is a time of death. It's a time of darkness like never before. We read about it in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1 said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, tra- traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. But deny the power. From such turn away. So for this sort of they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins. Led away with their divers lusts. Ever learning. Trying to figure it all out. Trying to add it all up. Make one plus one equal two. And trying to do this, but never able to come to what? The knowledge of the truth. Revelation. So we're to be covered with salvation. Our head. Because Satan knows where the greatest battle is being fought. He knows where he took it. We heard the sermon. But before we get there, I want you to understand what salvation you're covered with. If you look at this word, the heaven of salvation, you look at this word, it brings up words that, that tie back to other verses. And the verse is the same one. It's Exodus 14 and verse 13. It said, Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Oh, what a great salvation you got tonight. What a powerful salvation you got tonight. A God who will take your enemies and bury them in the sea of his forgetfulness. What a salvation we're afforded tonight. That God will take your sins, though they be wretched and vile, and bury them in the sea of his forgetfulness, never to be remembered by him anymore. Which he'll show you today. For the Egyptians who you've seen today, you'll see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. It's hard for a thinker to hold their peace. You know, we always got to think, give, give, as we talk, talk about a piece of our mind. Like that guy was giving that guy a piece of his mind because of what he thought he did wrong. He didn't do nothing wrong. But he's trying to give him a piece of his mind. But God says, this is my work. This is my salvation. Put the salvation on your head. Let me show you what I'm going to do in this hour. Amen. Exodus 15 and verse 1, then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed glorious, and the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Hallelujah. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. It is also 1 Samuel 2 and verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. Hallelujah. This is the salvation that is afforded to you today. 
Second Chronicles, turn there with me, Second Chronicles 20 and verse 13, it says all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones and their wives and their children. And upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, and a Levite, the son of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, hearken ye, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's you just sang about it before we come out this is not your battle this is the Lord's battle Tomorrow you'll go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Maybe you're in a battle tonight. Maybe you don't know where your enemy is. This word will tell you exactly where he is. He'll outline the case for you. Then he'll tell you this is not your battle. Stand still and see my world, see my word be fulfilled in your life. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of Kohathites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat said, Hear me, O Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Let this be in your mind this morning. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of his holiness. And they went out before the army and said, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord said, Ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Zir, which were against Judah. And they were smitten, for the children of Ammon and Moab stood against the inhabitants of Mount Zir utterly slay, slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped the other to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth and none escaped. This is the salvation that's been given to you. None of your enemies will escape. Them that torment you, they're not going to get away with it. That devil that's tormented you, he's not going to get away with it. But he's going to be bound and cast into the lake of fire. Amen. No doubt they may have had many wonders and reasonings. And like, what are we going to do? But the Spirit of the Lord came down into the congregation and began to speak. This is the salvation of the Lord. Psalms 20 and verse 5 says, we will rejoice and thy salvation is his salvation. And in the name of our God, we will set up banners. The Lord fulfill all of thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. 
Psalms 28 and verse 8 says, the Lord is their strength. This is the same word. And he is, sa- he is the saving strength of his anointed. <laughs> oh, my. Psalms 147 says, 40 verse 7 says, Oh God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation. Thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. (laughs) He's given you protection. He didn't get here and leave you unprotected. No, but he's placed things in place because he knew where the devil was going to come from. Isaiah 12 and verse 1 says, In that day shalt thou say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thy anger is now turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day you shall say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted, sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Hallelujah. Can we hear some shouting tonight? Because great is the Holy One who's in the midst of you. I heard Sunday you went through the book of Acts. What was you doing? You was declaring his doings among the people. Why? Because it's not our healing. It's not our deliverance. It's his deliverance. It's his salvation. It's his healing. Brother Branham says, now I believe in good conduct. He says, if you're saved, you'll do it. (laughs) Righteously. He says, you'll do righteously. We have already gone over that. But but let me tell you now, salvation is not Jesus plus. It is Jesus alone. Salvation is of the Lord from the start To the finish, it's all God. Let his life be in me. Let it be his blood that cleanses me. Let it be his spirit that fills me. Let it be his word in my heart and my mouth. Let it be his stripes that heals me. Let it be Jesus and Jesus alone. Not by works of righteousness what I've done. No, sir. But it's Christ in my life. His salvation. An army getting ready to go to battle. First, they select some soldiers to be dressed for fighting. And they're trained. God didn't give you this armament that we're talking about, we've been speaking on for the last few services, to sit on the sidelines. He gave it to you because we're in a battle and we're fighting. He said, I believe the greatest battle that was ever fought is now going into action. I believe that God has been selecting soldiers. I believe he's been dressing them and training them. And the battlefront is set 
getting ready to start. This is in 62. He said this great first battle that was ever fought between, was between Michael and his angels. He fought Lucifer and his angels. It started, the first battle was in heaven. Sin did not originate on earth. It originated in heaven. Then it was thrown down the earth, cast out of heaven to the earth and fell on human beings. And the battle from the, the angels became human battles. And Satan came to destroy God's creation. What God had created for himself. Satan came to destroy this. That's what his purpose was, was to destroy it. And the battle began here on earth. It began in us and has been, has been raging ever since. But before that battle can be made, there has to be a battleground chose. First World War, they chose it in a certain place. Israel, when they went to fight with the Goliath, it was a certain place. It was the hills that were chosen. There was a valley in between where David met him in the valley and he passed the little creek that run between those two hills and he picked up the rocks. There has to be a place selected, a mutual ground, a fighting place. They don't just one fight here and one down there and one run over here and fight. There's a battlefront that they must meet and test their powers. It's a mutual meeting place. And when this battle started on earth, there had to be a mutual meeting place. There had to be a place selected for it to begin and for the battle to rage. And the battlegrounds began in the human mind with Eve reasoning out the word of God. Yea, hath God said. But he didn't mean this, but he meant that. And he began to do all this. He said, see, where you've got to meet your enemy is in your mind. You've got to make your choice. It meets you there. So the decisions are made in the mind, the head. That's where Satan meets you. And the decisions are because God made a man that way. He gave him the ability to accept something in his mind and make a choice, but then it can be believed in his heart. Then the word of God becomes a reality. Then every sense of the soul, the body is just scoured out by the Holy Spirit when he comes down. Then your sense of God, and your conscience of God, everything that's godly flows through you. There's no doubt nowhere. And if it rises up, something stands against it. He said, but if that channel has been cleared out and been purged and been filled on the inside with the Holy Spirit, then it don't, don't even come to the memory, no matter what Mrs. Jones or what she did. It's you and God together. Nobody else but you two. There's your battle. Kill him at the beginning. The devil, kill him at the beginning. Stop him dead in his tracks. It ain't how long you make the war linger. It's how quick you get it over with. And stop it right now. And if you'll come, you'll keep the memories, conscience, and everything thinking about, well, you know, if I might fail, I might not be right. Don't you do that. Throw it aside. Open up the channel and say, God, your word is eternally true. And it's for me. How many can say that with their whole heart? This word's for me. Amen. If the whole church fails, if the whole world fails, yet I can't fail because this word is for me. Amen. There's the battle. Stop him in his tracks. He goes on down. He says, you know, he said, it's a battle. He said, Satan's army brings diseases. 
That's what Satan is. He's a destroyer. Satan, the whole kingdom of Satan is sickness, death, sorrow, frustrations, worry, all on Satan. God is life, faith, peace, joy over here. Now those two great forces are coming together right now. They're battling. They're battling right here in this building right now. Where? How many truths are discounted so quickly by reason that says that's just a pastor's opinion? Or it's just Brother Branham's opinion? Or it's just, a, you know, this old this, that, and the other. And we cast it aside not realizing we throw away truth. <laughs> he said it's in this building right now. They're battling that battle day by day with you every force. Satan following you along that great big kingly priestly Goliath trying to scare the liver out of you all right but you're fortified with the gospel with the word of truth around your loins preacher that's what it is helmet of salvation the shield of faith the sword waving your hand Satan I'm coming to meet you I don't meet you. You meet me in the name of science. You meet me in the name of culture. You meet me in some organizational name. But I meet you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And I'm coming after you. Give way in the name of Jesus Christ. Chop a hole right through it. Even death itself won't stand before you. Hallelujah. Amen. Satan's army brings diseases, but God's army commissioned to cast them out. Satan's army brings confusion and doubts and fears, but God's army cast them out. Satan's army brings all kinds of things upon you, but God's army cast them out. See, every time Satan throws anything on you, God's army cast them out. That's the very technique that God used. Satan used the army of destruction to believe God's word, to set up a better kingdom than Michael had. God cast him out. <laughs> well, glory to God. He was cast out of his first battleground. He'll be cast out of this battleground. Because it's not your battle. It's the same one and Michael shall stand up. God's method is not to see how long you can live with it, see how long you can reason it out, get some helps books or search it on Google. That's not God's method. God's method is to cast out evil. Cast down reasoning, cast down superstition, cast down worry, cast down diseases, cast down sin. You are above it. Resurrected in Christ Jesus, sitting in heavenly places with every devil. Somebody say every devil. Every devil under your feet. Your life is hid. You're dead to your senses. You're dead to your conscience. Your own human will would say, well, I guess I this, that. Dead to your reasoning. Dead to all these things. You're buried in the name of Jesus Christ. Raised up with him. And wherever he is, you're there also. What happened with them when one of them doubters got in heaven? God kicked him out. <laughs> Woo! What happens when one of them doubters get in your mind? Kick him out. What did he say to the soldiers that raised in Christ? When a devil comes along, kick him out. 
Okay, this here's our chief captain. We've been talking about our dress, and it's not the dress to go to, to a, a ball game or a dress to go to a business meeting or a dress to do that. It is a dress for war. It's the helmet of salvation. It's the breastplate of righteousness. It's the shield of faith. It's the belt of truth. It's all of these things that he has been given you for war. And here he is standing here giving you your commission. Now, any, uh, any army that's worth their salt, and any general that's worth their salt, he don't get up in front of his army and say, you know, we're going to go over there, and we're going to come over here, and we're going to act like we're going to do something, but we're really scared, and we're not going to do that, so we're going to come over here, and we're scared over there, and we're, gonna, we're just defeated. No, no. If he's like that, he ought not ever went to war to begin with. But here is your commission. When a devil comes along, kick him out. Cast him out. When Jesus trained his army and commissioned them to the ends of the world, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. That's a direct direct commission from God. Preach the gospel to every creature. In my name, and he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be down. And these signs shall follow the believers. My soldiers. The believers, my soldiers. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Speak with new tongues. Take up serpent. Drink any deadly thing and it would not harm them. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as the war with the cross of Jesus going on before. I'm crucified with him, nevertheless I live. And because he lived, I can live also. That word going before, God cutting away with a sharp two-edged sword. He says here, how did Grant take Richmond just as he come to it? Then how does God's soldiers take sin, sickness, diseases, mental problems, whatever, just as you come to it? David didn't go looking for a fight, but when he come to it, he was ready to fight. Amen. He didn't know what the day would hold. He didn't know what might happen. He was just going to take some bread and some food up to his brothers like his daddy told him to. And he gets up there and he realizes they're cowered down and all this stuff. And he realizes, hey, how many times are you going to listen to this guy? Let me fight. He, come to, he took Goliath as he came to him. He took his other brothers and all the other giants of the land as he came to them. And so is you. How is God's soldiers to take sin and sickness just as you come to it? That's the way they overcome their doubts and fears. When one rises, chop him head off. Chop him down. Say, move out of the way. That, that, is, that is it. God cast them out like he did in heaven. Our great chief captain showed us how it's done. And if he showed us how he's done and he gave us the same armor he wore, then he says, you go do as I did. And you take dominion over that thing in your home. You take dominion over that thing in your life and you cast him out. You don't have to be bound by anxiety and fear and depression 
and all kinds of spirits. As you come to them, you say, that's not who I am. Get out of here. You cast him out. So live insanely in an insane world. How? The helmet of salvation. Guarding your mind. This salvation is blood applied. It's actually, if you look at it, really is blood applied to every part of your body. It's his life, him, applied to your head, to your body. A shield, a sword, a truth to hold it all together. So that when you're in your weakest moments, it ain't you holding on. But something keeps holding me. And when I don't know what happened around me, it seems like all of a sudden my world was turned upside down, Brother Timothy. Things going on, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I had a great tragedy in our home or in our church or this or that. Just feel like giving up. That's not you. Cast him down. This message just ain't for me, Brother That's not you. Cast him down. I've crossed the line. That's not you. Cast him down. The nervousness and the fear that has gripped this nation and gripped this world, that's not you. Cast him down. You overcome him as you come to it. So whatever it is, Lord, if I should fight, if I, I'll have to fight if I should reign. Increase my courage, Lord. Listen, I'm not interested in getting up there with a, there's all this stuff that's been afforded me. And I get to the other side and it's still all shiny. Ain't never had a battle scar. Ain't never had nothing. No, the helmet he used, that crown of thorns, scars he bore. Scars he bore in his body. What? To bring salvation to us. How dare we think that we're going to be able to sit here and not do nothing. No, when I walk into that place, I want guts. The hearts of devils hanging over me. Blood smeared all over me. Because I've been in a battle. I've been fighting. Like it said about, I believe it was Caesar, was he come down to those streets looking for somebody to ride in a chariot. Oh, there was these ones that was in their pomp and their circumstances, their, their, their things they had going on and shined up and looked like they'd never been in a battle, feathers waving. There's this little old foot soldier over there. Looks like he maybe was barely holding it together, scars all over him, things. He said, come here, boy. Where'd you get them scars? He said, in the battle for my Lord. He said, come on up and ride. There's a chariot coming through here. It's looking for battle-scarred soldiers. There will be a day when we take it all off and we can lay it aside and put on robes of righteousness. But until that day, let's fight. When the devil stands up in our face, take care of it right then. 
Amen. We ain't got to deal with him for weeks and years and time. We, we got the word of God. There's a deliverance in the house of God. We ain't got to be bound for 40 days. We ain't got to be bound for 40 years. We ain't got to be bound for four hours, four seconds. There is a word. There is a deliverance. There is a power. There is a Christ, a holy one, who is in the midst of us. Hallelujah. How many here tonight can say, I know what his salvation is. I know what it feels like for him to come in my life. He saved me for my healing to me. He saved me for my sins. He saved me. He saved me. He saved me. How many knows what it feels like? Then you know what it's like when the Holy One is in our midst. And he's moving. He's healing the sick. He's saving the lost. He's raising the dead among us. It ain't, Brother Tim said, it ain't no ordinary worship. No, sir, when I get before him, it ain't ordinary. Because what he did for me wasn't ordinary. What he gave to me wasn't ordinary. He gave me the best heaven could afford. It's not ordinary. So why should I give him something back that is ordinary? Just a half-hearted worship or a half-hearted response. But when he comes walking by... And I see my God of salvation. And I see he's placing upon my head that in this hour, oh God, you can read things, you can see things of people that's lost their minds. Says there ain't no God, there ain't no this, ain't no people made this up, Moses, he was a fictional character. All kinds of things out there. They've lost their minds. But I know what this God did for me. That I can be sane in an insane world. That I can have good thoughts. That when something comes by, I can discern and see that's not of God, that's of the devil. It's the knowledge of his word and his will. Aspire ends. He's given you the helmet of salvation. Maybe you're in a dark moment, in a dark time. Cast down those things. Start remembering what God has done. Just this weekend, Brother Mike Walls has been beginning to tell testimony after testimony of what God's done in this congregation. I don't know how many people come to me and say, Brother Timothy, that those testimonies so strengthen me that I know God still lives like that. God still moves like that. I wonder right now if you just say, Lord... I believe, but help my unbelief. Let me cast it all aside, Lord. My reasonings and things, even this week, Lord, let me lay it all aside. Even today, even in this service, lay it all aside. Let your word come into our hearts.
yes. Father, thank you for the salvation. So rich and so pure. So glorious, Lord. A perfect work by a perfect lamb. Lord, I see a world just crumbling, travail, shootings nearly every day. Mama's doing ungodly things to their babies. Mom and daddy's locking up their kids and doing ungodly things. Insane world. Lord, thank you for the helmet of salvation to keep us in the same gospel. To keep us sane in an insane hour, Lord. Lord, we, get, we know what's around us is the dark days, Lord, it's perilous times. Wrath is coming upon the earth, but thank God that's not what we're destined for. We have been given salvation. Salvation so rich and so free. A salvation so powerful, Lord, it would take a children, Lord, have been bound for 400 years. And it would deliver them out of chains of darkness and chains of slavery like never before. And 400 years of it, Lord, you took them out, made them a chosen people, gave them a promised land. The same salvation has worked in this hour that for 2,000 years, Lord, there's been a people that's been wandering, but they've come back now to the fulfillment of the word of the hour and the restored word. And God, all these things happening in our generation, a perfect salvation. One day we'll have perfect realization of it, Lord, as we step on that other side. We see all the things that you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, for keeping our minds. Thank you, Lord, for keeping our children's minds, Lord. God, just ask that you would just so surround us, Lord, with your presence. In this hour that we live in, Lord, that we could face these fiery darts of the enemy as they would come, Lord. But we'd be shielded by the shield of faith and protected by the breastplate of righteousness. And, Lord, our our minds covered with salvation, the helmet of salvation, Lord. And Lord, held in our darkest times altogether by truth. Thank you for this truth, Lord. Lord, I see people everywhere seeking for things, seeking for something that's right, not knowing what's right or wrong. God, thank you for truth. Thank you, Lord, for truth. Lord, we don't have to be bound in slavery. We don't have to be bound by depression. We don't have to be bound by sicknesses. We don't have to be bound by diseases. But this army cast them out. There's a power that walks among us. There's a power that lives in us that's greater than anything Satan could ever offer. God, thank you for these things, Lord. Just praise your holy name. The hands that were lifted all over the place, Lord. May they realize the salvation that's been given unto them, been afforded, been placed upon them. Lord, that they can cast down the doubts and the fears and the agonies and all the things Satan tries to pump into our minds. And Lord, let the Word of God fill every fiber. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Something keeps holding me. Helping me faithfully to overcome life's trials. 